Welcome back to the This Camford Life podcast. My guest today is George Farthing, and he is probably one of the busiest sixth form boys. Um, from coxing the first eight last year at Henley to this year directing the winning, the winning house play at this year's drama festival. Welcome, George, and thank you very much for coming. Hi. Um, no worries. Um, so, obviously, we both, we know you're a very busy person around Camford, <laughs> and um, and this year you put on a really really deep and meaningful play the black watch for house drama yeah and we're on the we're on the we're at the theater right now on the stage so this is probably a place you know very well over the many productions you've been on and as a drama scholar you probably know a lot about this place so can you um i think we'll start by sort of talking about the black watch why you chose it why it's a, such a meaningful play to you and i was there and why it was so great because usually um you're more into the you do more of the acting and mm-hmm. this year you were a lead role but you also directed the play yeah so i sort of want to know what it was like being on the on both sides of the curtain rather than just mm-hmm. the performing part of it um i'll start by talking about why it's such a meaningful play to me so i've done the past four now house drama festivals uh and with court we've always gone down the comedy line to be honest whether it's dark humor or the fastest like the play it goes wrong um but this year i was speaking to miss spoke as well and Batwatch is one of the a-level set texts and we wanted to do something really different um and i picked it up and read it one evening and coming from having my dad in the army as well um there were some moments in there that was like wow i've got to do this i've got to make this happen um so that's why i chose it because i was reading through and it's a play originally written back in 2006 so there's a lot of points in there which are very political talking about sort of Alex Salmon, Jeff Hoon um, and it's a two and a half hour play so I knew I was going to have to cut it down um, so going through the editing process it was taking out the political parts and yeah just trying to get the emotions which we tried to convey in the show. Yeah um, well I was watching and it was definitely very emotional from being almost very awkward at the beginning. Yeah. I mean there was a lot of cursing and swearing, which you don't usually expect in a house drama, but it you sort of adapted to it as the play went on. And speaking to you after, you sort of said that was part of the point of the play, mm. was to show how these characters went through the change of... Yeah. Well, Black Watch is about a group of Scottish soldiers in the Black Watch in Iraq. And so, yeah, if you... So the Black Watch is a regiment in the... Yeah, in Scottish the Scottish infantry? Uh, well, yeah, it's the um, 42nd regiment it's sort of one of the elite squads and yeah um, in if you know any blackwatch soldiers you'll know that yeah they're not shy of a swear word um and the script reflected that massively so um but going through the auditions process in house we had everyone from shells to upper sixth come and i wanted all of those in the play so i knew in order to have shells in it in order to perform it in a school setting the language was going to have to change but i wanted to reflect that hardship and how much this sort of how tough the war is how it's become so natural to the soldiers that sort of such language has become natural to them as well so yeah there's a definite we came on stage and within five seconds you've got three swear words out there and you see the audience tense up and you can feel it but um that was the reaction we wanted, and when they realised actually that it became as natural for the audience listening to it as it was for the yes, soldiers. Definitely, and you were completely drawn in from the beginning. There wasn't you weren't relaxed or bored as an audience member. You were constantly on edge, constantly on the edge of your seat, watching these 
characters who had I remember there was one bit at the end where um where one of the guys was um was breaking the reporter's arm and you yeah. were just like this is how much the war has affected them and well I, I mean we're going into quite a lot of detail here so mm. if you haven't watched the Batwatch it's probably quite difficult to understand but it's basically a play about how I guess I could you could summarize it as I mean, how it PTSD it has affected it will be on the gateway soon though. oh <laughs> so it will be on the gateway um but it's basically a play about how PTSD has affected affected those in war. Mm. And there's this really tragic moment at the end and where one of the guys in the in the group is um just is so emotional about talking it, he talking about his experiences that he he goes up and starts trying to break the reporter's arm and it was yeah. really, really well acted by Harry, but really really uncomfortable for the audience. Mm. And it really showed the the ex- the the emotion and really raw emotion. Yeah. Well, as a director, that's where I took the choice to take out all the political elements, and I wanted to show how you're seeing it between two locations. You're seeing it between the war and in the future, where the writer of the plays interviewing them, um, and I wanted to show how the emotions of the war are still just as much in effect sort of 15 years later sitting in the pub as they are when they're sitting in the back of this wagon going through Iraq. Yeah, I, I mean, it was brilliantly done. And, and a, de- a definite well-deserved victory. <laughs> anyway, let's talk a bit more about you. So mm-hmm. you're a really busy guy balancing the r- <laughs> not only just the, the full-time rowing training schedule, <laughs> but with your drama as well. And mm-hmm. you've been in many whole school plays and played some really, really great roles. So could you, I was just wondering whether you could go for a typical day at Camford, really. Um, a Day at Canford, yeah, it's kind of jumping between places because I love my drama, as you know, and rowing, spend a good amount of time down there and A-levels have to happen somewhere because apparently they're important. But yeah, typical day. I think this year more than any, I've sort of grown into taking on those responsibilities. So last year, it was a lot of fun. As you said, rowing at Henley, that was a big thing that took four years to get there. Last week of my life. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and yeah, doing um, show week with the musical and doing the senior play, threw myself into all of that and academics definitely suffered, to be honest. <laughs> um, and so I think I was thinking of stepping up into upper six, that's going to have to be yeah, put that behind, this year's just work. But actually taking that actually from the start, I've now been able to do those things I love while still working at that level. Okay. So yeah, and that, that kind of all came together in house drama. Yeah, definitely. And I, I can sort of relate to that. Yeah. I definitely advise all our sick fans to work hard. Yeah, it <laughs> because, pays um, off. It definitely pays off. But um, let's talk a bit about life after Camford. Uh, it's been, a, a, I'd say, almost a reoccurring theme on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, So are you planning to go to university? And if so, where? And what are you looking to do? I am. So, yeah, it, it's changed quite a lot for me. Um, so I always thought I wanted engineering. I chose my A-levels, maths, physics, DT off it. Um, thought that was a thing. So when it came to looking at universities last year, I went to, um, to the universities thinking, where do I want to study engineering? And at the end of the day, looking around Exeter, I thought it's probably worth going and speaking to the engineering department. And after a good sort of two hours there, I realised engineering is probably the furthest thing from what I want to do. Um, and that was really important, finding what isn't right for me as it is finding what is. So 
it went through a few months of changing everything from design to criminology to anthropology um, and eventually settled on studying philosophy and drama combined on us so yeah applied very for interesting. Newcastle, um, Royal Holloway, a few other places um, and yeah quite happy to get offers back from there seeing as I've not done any essay subjects but oh really well done cheers so are you looking to keep the drama going throughout your life is that something that's still important to you and I, I was just wondering has Camford sort of developed that want to keep that going do you sort of see that going anywhere or is that just a hobby and a pastime for you it's definitely something to think about so I've always done drama I've done sort of um being in films as an actor from the age of six and I've loved doing it um and yeah I know people so what have you played it uh oh uh, going through it. so I've um was in one of the Harry Potter films did the Han Solo film they're all small roles but they're quite good fun because you you get to see all the big stars walking around I remember doing um Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and the highlight was having to stop for two hours at lunch because on the set next door they're driving the Batmobile around but yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. But, um, so no, has Camford supported that for you? Um, oh, sorry, carry on. But. Uh, no, so I was, was going to say um, where that was a lot of the film industry, which is very different. Obviously, you can sort of reshoot things about 20 times and pause for a break. Um, what Camford's helped with is a massive love of theatre, which is looking back at what I've done in film and looking forwards. I think I'm definitely more keen to go down the theatre line of things yeah i guess it's a, a sort of no room for error rather than the, the mm, film where yeah. there's a bit more if, if, if film it's very different obviously they're both acting and they're both sort of that idea of developing a character but one is you yeah you can have all this time and you can check your lines and go back and tweak things and uh, on the actual set rather in theatre that happens in the months of the rehearsals beforehand and anything can happen on stage and anything can go wrong and you've got to adapt to that to sort of keep the audience in the moment because the worst thing you can do is show the audience that this is a play you've got to keep the the reality yeah. <laughs> the reality going yeah definitely so I guess what's the what's the best play you've acted in at Camford um, musical or theatre um, so yeah, musicals have always been good fun. Um, from, yeah, back in Cabaret, where I had to jump in two days before when Ned had to go up to Durham. So he jumped in that main part. And that was a massive learning experience, learning a whole script overnight. Pulled that off and, yeah, still pretty proud of that. But um, definitely doing Les Mis a couple of years ago. Never been involved in a show on that scale. And what we produced, still proud of and still made such good friends in that cast it was a brilliant thing to be involved in okay so that's interesting so you definitely think theatre helps develop these relationships between people and obviously it's it's i mean you're a very eloquent guy so it's mm -hmm. clearly helped you with your public speaking and um i think more than anything what i've got is um from doing drama as a subject in the drama squad there and doing it in plays like Les Mis, the friends you got from that because you're, you're spending hours together and you're ordering dominoes at 10.30 to the theatre because yeah. you've been rehearsing for five hours but yeah definitely the confidence it builds in yourself and the way you build that but also how others around you help you to build it okay. it's been one of the best things. How come you didn't choose to do drama for your A-level? So going back I thought I was going to do engineering um, that's probably the main reason I was yep. pretty set down that path and changed my mind pretty late. This realisation of actually how big of a part of drama is for me has only come 
really house play was a massive tipping point in directing it the level from where acting you've got your own part of responsibility just learn your lines you can trust everyone else to learn theirs and the director to tell them what to do having to take on this responsibility of directing it sort of having this creative vision and making sure that's placed in every little part and every individual actor actually although it was quite a daunting thing to start with taking a load of boys from court and putting them on a stage and trying to make it good was scary as we got into it and got into the routine of rehearsing they were taking everything on board and yeah having having this concept and carrying it through to the performance to a final product I loved that so yeah that's why I've only really just come to this realization that okay (laughs) so what was the most challenging thing in directing compared to compared to your acting and being and especially it must have been challenging given you're directing your peers and how mm-hmm. difficult was that for you um yeah i think the boys involved were brilliant and that they respected that i knew what i wanted to do so that it started and that was the hardest thing getting the ball rolling so it was explaining what the play was convincing people to invest in it but as soon as we'd started getting on stage and managed to get a whole scene set out and some of the boys watched it and went that's actually pretty cool. They became invested in it. And as soon as they became invested, they were willing to put in that effort. So Harry's scene where he broke down on stage and the sort of with PTSD suffering from it, he came and sort of he developed that on his own and said, this is what I've done. What do you think? And yeah, to have that level of actually they're taking that on themselves and had that independence, that's when it became so much easier. With the Black Watch, did you sort of struggle to find the balance between your own your own performance and the performance you were running what is in how i was acting as an individual act on stage exactly, yes. compared to the production as a whole yeah um well originally i wasn't going to be an act on stage yeah um yeah we had uh, alex nico in that role but losing his voice just before didn't help so that was jumping in last minute um but kind of you know things can go wrong in shows so I'd learnt the script and that wasn't too much of a worry of learning the lines Um, but yeah it it got to the rehearsing and I'd realised actually I spent so much time thinking about how I was going to portray it through everyone else's movements that I got on stage and hadn't thought about what I was going to do as an individual so yeah doing it was two very separate roles because you can't direct yourself and yeah, it was. It, I had to completely separate myself as an actor to myself as the director. Did you get a lot of help from the drama department doing this, or was this more of a independent house project? And sort of, what role did the staff play in it? I mean, obviously, I talked to Mrs. Bake, and she showed me the script because it's a um, drama text. But from that moment of her handing it over, it was me taking it on as my vision, and that's because that's what I wanted to be. Um, so all the development of the individual scenes or the editing process was down to me um, and then the fir- the next time the drama department came back in they're brilliant so we do a tech rehearsal and a dress rehearsal and there you have two run-throughs to really get used to being on stage for most of the guys who've never stepped foot on here before it was pretty daunting but um, yeah they were brilliant in just helping reinforce that what you need to do, what you need to uh, tweak in the next couple of days before the show. Um, But all the creative vision from designing all the lighting and sound to sort of staging the movements, that was, yeah, my own little passion project. Yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. And once again, congratulations on winning the overall. (laughs) And 
I think you yourself won Best Director. Yeah, it was, so it, it that was, was pretty funny. Really well, yeah, <laughs> I imagine a very good evening. Um, anyway, we'll, I think we'll move on to a bit more of sport. Yeah. Um, so you're very, you're, you're the cox of the first day and you mm-hmm. have been, you were last year and this year, although we yeah. haven't gone into the swing of things yeah. yet. But have you, how have you fi- found sport has helped you at Camford and how have you found as your role as the, as the cox in the eight and the voice in the boat, how have you, mm-hmm. how have you sort of found that? So only ever doing rowing at Canford from sort of the first weeks of shells to now is an interesting one. But I think the reason why I've stuck with that is because it would be very easy to get bored and try and find something else to move on with. But it's the group of people you've dealt with. So Definitely. I've been rowing with you for years now. And yes, we, we've got lots of anecdotes and memories of that that we enjoy but yeah it's it's a group of people you're working together with and that's the best part of everything um but yeah yeah it's definitely i definitely agree with you on Mm. that it's highly addictive yeah but um being the voice in the boat was hard so i cocked the first day sort of in shells we went to henley qualifiers um but yeah having sort of a a boat of upper sixth and as a shell having to shout at them to work harder that was pretty scary but in terms of having to suddenly adapt from being this sort of quite shy person to actually you've got to step up and yeah it was quite a big moment but definitely yeah do you think you'll continue rowing at university I'd love to I think definitely played into a bit of university choices when you look at Newcastle (laughs) up there being quite a good uni um yeah I've definitely got a love for the sport um it's I wouldn't describe it as sort of something I go down and do. It's more something that I'm sort of passionate about to go and do and carry on. And I think, although I've done a lot at Canford now, um, and we're going through the do the same races each year, I'm really excited about going on to the next stage of that at university because you're racing against such a wide field from sort of freshers who are doing it for the first time to people who are doing it as long as we have. Um, so yeah, quite excited about that. And you look at the scale of university programs, and sort of they've got eight eights racing side by side compared to us managing to put together one eight. It's yeah, quite exciting about the carrying that forward. Have you got any plans for next year uh, for your gap year, or, or are you going to take a gap year at all, or straight into university for you? I'm definitely taking gap year. I'm still not sure that philosophy and drama is what I want to do, and want some time to think about that. Going out to the Gambia, I've planned to go out for four months with a charity I've worked with before. Um, so, yeah, going out there. What will you work, be doing out there? Um, so, there's uh, the Gambia is a really interesting country in the fact that it's completely, bo- it's in um, West Africa uh, and it's completely bordered by another country because the English went to invade it and couldn't get on board uh, on the land. So, they just fired their cannons and claimed the bit around the river. So, it's a tiny country and it's quite poor um but looking at heading out there and i've spoken to people who've done it before because it's with a charity that i've done some stuff with um and they're saying yeah if, if you know how to say bonjour in your colors you'll be teaching french and <laughs> things and yeah it's quite exciting because the kids out there just look like they want to learn but there's also a chance to work in hospitals and yeah just i, I wanted to go out and spend my gap year just investing time in one place rather than 
going to sort of like 20 different countries and spending a week there and getting back and not being able to remember one from the other. I wanted to invest some time. Well, what charity are you doing it with? Um, so it's a charity called Crosslinks. Um, they do trips out to the Gambia and Kenya. Oh, well, that sounds that sounds very fun. Um, we're coming to our last time at Camford here, mm-hmm. so we're halfway through the Easter term pretty much. And I'm just sort of wondering, is there anything left that you really, really as wanted to do and any more things that you feel sort of feel a need to do i mean we have a huge breadth of opportunities yeah. and stuff i mean i mean look at the theater we're sitting in now i <laughs> think you yeah, i think you lucky. once told me it's it, it it is the standard of a professional theater so yeah massively so um i know i think i've always wanted to try and take a, as many opportunities as i can and that's from doing theater and row which we talked about enough but also the city reach that Harry Moores and Seb Fetcher and I have done for the past three years or so. Um, again, this charity work, but I really love doing that. Um, so I think definitely every opportunity I've set out to take. I know if if my dad was here now, he'd just be telling me, no, it's all work to the end now. Um, and that's definitely a realisation, but it's come to a point where I'm kind of almost enjoying doing that study just because I know I'm making that progress and yeah, we've only got a few months left. Um, so what are you actually doing with City Reach? Yeah, Harry, Seb and I have been pretty involved all through Canford, but a couple of years ago we took over as leaders of it. City Reach, if you don't know, is a charity down in Southampton. There's a area called Northam that's um, got families in and there's a lot of very poor and disadvantaged kids who come from broken homes and quite large families and they've got a brilliant... Um, community centre down there that's just open to any children in the area really and Southampton Football do a lot of work with them um, doing a football academy but Canford also have a partnership so we run summer camps down on the beach and they come and camp here um, at Christmas they come for Christmas party um, and then we be able to take them to PGL um, to the Isle of Wight um, which Canford have funded and we go out there for a long weekend and yeah it's great fun from doing that and doing all those activities but you see kids coming here and they get to swim in swim for the first time in our pool and yeah they've never camped before and it's great fun seeing that but um yeah we've got our sponsored walk coming up so we've been planning that this week and sending out emails so that's just fundraising but it's always good fun with all the camper people we get a nice long walk (laughs) raise some money so do you do that as part of your monday enterprise so for those who don't know, at, um, at Camford we do uh, a community service related thing mm-hmm. on a Monday afternoon, especially in the sick form. So whether that be CCF for myself, being part of the army cadets, or for others it could be going to work at a school to teach French or other languages, or possibly going to a care home to help out there. Yeah. So is, is, is the City Reach something you do on a Monday afternoon? Um, so it is my enterprise, but due to the nature of it, just being us three, and it being a different charity um it's not a monday so we um uh, we drive down there a few times in a term um in an evening or an afternoon when the community center's open and do it then so we spend that time but yeah monday afternoons are more of a work time for us because of the time we put in elsewhere from sort of seeing from the outside the hours you guys put in is really exceptional it's worth it though it's really rewarding yeah I'm sure it is. Uh, I think last thing, we haven't really got around to discussing boarding houses on the podcast. And I think this might be one of the last ones we do, especially with me hosting it as A-levels come up and life tends to get a bit more busy and (laughs) with a lot of work to do. But 
I think we should sort of talk about boarding at Camford, really, and mm-hmm. not necessarily just boarding, but boarding houses and how we found how we find our own experiences in houses and how we yeah. how we get along with that. So, um, can you talk? So you're wearing your nice courthouse Griffin tie, I can yeah. see, and uh, I'm just wondering how what, how do how do you think court differs from any other house, and how d- and how does the sort of house your house family work? I mean, mm-hmm. we don't actually call it a family, but it. Nah. I um, think generally that's what it seems like, from, yeah, especially from Franklin as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's been great from being part of court, to be honest. Um, I've boarded for quite a while, since I was six or so, um, and just the fact that there's a lot of trust in there. But it's, it's great fun, and yeah, from just going to mills with each other and playing FIFA in an evening, it, it's nice just to have those people around you, to be honest. Yeah, that sounds great, and... Uh, I can definitely relate to that and in Franklin as well, where we've from from Shellsbury we've gone out and played football with you guys and Yeah. And from how and the classic rivalry of Franklin versus Court. I think there's I think that sort of house spirit has really been a main part of our time at Camford. Also this year there is that rivalry on the pitch and on the stage and stuff, but I felt like the houses have mixed a lot as well. Like I, we got mates and I'm mates with you in Franklin <laughs> and yeah um there's definitely that mix but on on the pitch and on the stage and in sort of house debating coming up it's yeah we've got an upper sixth and a shell doing our house debating together and quite good fun <laughs> what's your favorite thing about court so favorite thing about court I mean yeah so Florence is good fun Mr Van Vick's dog running in the evenings but yeah having the Van Vicks in houses brilliant like Mr Van Vick good housemaster there but um 11 other boys in my year in court it's been yeah the best set of guys to go and spend five years with um so yeah although it's a pretty soppy answer um (laughs) those boys probably yeah yeah I mean it sounds very cliche but it's um my friends as well yeah it's uh once you make with those guys is really good yeah because at the end of the day court court's just a load of bricks standing up at the other end of the school but yeah the the people in it's what stays yeah um anyway i think that's a a nice a nice note to close yeah. on um thank you very much george for, no, been, been great for taking you out on your friday evening where uh, i'm sure you would have otherwise been working no nah, rehearsing senior play now <laughs> after that play, but another yeah. play but, some um, some yeah, work in there. So. Sorry for taking you out of your day. <laughs> no, and thank you fun. very much for coming along tonight. Anyway, this has been the This Camford Life podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And goodbye for now. Goodbye.